Our scripture this morning comes from the New Testament, Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. This is the parable of the Good Samaritan. Just then, a, law, a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by ch chance a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him. And when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him, bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? And he said, the one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. The people of the Good Samaritan is very familiar to all of us. And therefore, I'm not going to do the exposition on the scripture itself this morning because of time, because we all know what the scripture says, but I will give a summary of the message. We know that um, th this narrative, the parable, the entire narrative actually, titled The Good Samaritan, is a parable from the lips of Jesus. And in this parable, Jesus is calling attention to the all-important subject of stewardship. Normally when we read the parable of the Good Samaritan, we don't think about stewardship. But that's what Jesus is calling attention to. Because when the creator of heaven and earth created you and placed you in this world, the Creator placed you here not as an owner, 
but as a steward. God did not create us and send us into the world so that we can behave as if we own the world. God created us and sent us into the world as stewards. As such, the Creator entrusted you for a season with responsibilities of various kinds. And maybe today is a good day for this passage, especially the statement I just made, that the Creator entrusted you for a season with responsibilities of various kind. Today we're talking about the VIPs, stewards of God, stewards of this congregation, responsible to take communion and to visit with members of our congregation. My friends, God the Creator has given you your life and he expects you to steward it for his praise and for his glory. God keep reminding us that stewardship isn't about appearances. Stewardship is all about action. It's all about action. It is about how we look at opportunities around us and be responsible in fulfilling those responsibilities. I mean, you look around the world, you look around your community, you look around your home, you look around your relationship, your friendship, there are always opportunities for us to be good stewards. So I believe that stewardship is not about appearance, it's about action, what you do. Because making a difference is what stewardship is all about. Making a difference is what stewardship is all about. Think about it for a moment. You look around your surroundings. Look at the opportunities you see. Are you making a difference? Making a difference, how could I be a difference maker? I mean, we have opportunities every day. Let's make no mistake. But are we making a difference where we are? Because that's what stewardship is all about. The passage of scripture in front of us we have a man who was robbed, beaten, and left half dead on the highway. I mean, I mean, just picture it yourself. Picture it. It's I-75 or 71, any of the highways. It's Wilmington Pike. The man is there. Property stolen. Beaten up. Half dead. In this narrative, we also have 
two men, two, with religious credentials. One was a priest, one was a Levite. Two men with religious credentials passing by. It's like saying two members of Church of the Cross United Methodists seeing this person, but they're passing by. And then you also have a non-religious... I mean, just bring back the story. Just bring it home. And put yourself in those positions of either the person robbed, beaten, half dead, the two religious connected people, the two people who are Christians, and the one person who is not a Christian. I tell my friends if they don't go to church, they are pagans, so I'll call this person a pagan. And then Jesus told the story, gave the parable. And in this parable, there is a challenge. It starts with a challenge, actually. I'm not going to dwell in all the biblical narrative. But the challenge was there in verse 25. Just then a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. That's the beginning of it all. Somebody was going to test Jesus. And we know as believers that Jesus almost always, always, always passed the test. And there somebody was going to test him. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus, of course, go back to this guy because Jesus understood the man was a lawyer. The man knew the law. And so Jesus simply said, what is written in the law? And of course, he was able to answer. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul. With all your strength. And you have to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And Jesus said to him, you have given the right answer. Do this, and you will live. It's, a, it's that simple, says Jesus. You know what to do. Just do it. And I think that's what the church is saying. Christians, we know what the Bible says we should do. How many of us don't know that the Bible says we should love God, we should love our neighbors as we love ourselves? How many of us don't know that the foundation of our faith is Jesus Christ? So Jesus is saying to you, go do it. It is not about appearance. It's about action. Go do it, says Jesus. And then you have the conceit. Because in verse 29, the scripture says, but waiting to justify himself, wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And then the parable comes in. The parable of the man on Wilmington Pike And by chance, that's what the scriptures say, by chance, a priest was passing by. That is the pastor. Can you see your pastor passing by? Wilmington Pike? And you see the de half dead man? And the pastor says, 
is none of my business. God, that's what happened. Then a Jewish religious leader, the Levites, passed by. Probably we can say a lay speaker passed by. And the lay speaker say, if the pastor can avoid you, I can also avoid you. It's none of my business. Then somebody who has no idea what the law says stood by and helped. And so Jesus, after that clearing up of everything, he gave this conclusion. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The young lawyer said, the one who showed him mercy. The one who was kind to him. The one who treated him with respect. The one who demonstrated love. And Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Go and treat somebody nicely. Go and respect the people around you. Go and love the people that God has put in your community, your friends, your family. Go and do likewise. My friends, in this narrative and for the meditation, the challenge is for each of us to be ready and to be willing always and everywhere as a steward of God, our creator, to be a difference maker. We have to make a difference in the world. That's who we are, Christians. Did Jesus make a difference in the world? I think the answer is yes. Are we followers of Jesus? Because if you're following Jesus, who is the master, it means you are emulating Jesus' standard. And part of Jesus' action was to be nice to people. Amen? Jesus says, go do, do, go do likewise. And so we hear the voice of the young lawyer asking Jesus, and who is my neighbor? An indication that, number one, stewardship equals community because you can't do it in isolation. Stewardship equals community. Who is my neighbor? Well, a neighbor is the person in need, in need of your attention. The kids were asked this morning about neighbor and neighboring, and we heard their, their, their answers. But let me suggest to us at this time that your neighbor is the person in need of your attention. The man who was dying, half dead, needed the Samaritan's attention, needed the Levite's attention, needed the priest's attention. And Jesus is saying to us this morning, your neighbor is somebody in need of your, of your attention. The VIP ministers, 
go and visit people in need of their attention. They spend time with them. They pray with them. They commune with them. A neighbor is somebody in need of your attention, your love, your help, your presence, and even your time. That's your neighbor. A neighbor is not a definition. A neighbor is a person. Amen? A neighbor is a person. One of the greatest problems we have in almost every church, every congregation, is simply this. Churches are full of priests and Levites. That's my opinion. Churches are full of priests and Levites. What did the priests do? Passed by and said, I don't care much. What did the Levite do? Pass by. Don't want to get involved. Churches should be filled with good Samaritans. People who want to get involved. In fact, this church is an, ex is, is an example of good Samaritans. We've spent weeks getting involved in the LGBTA issue. We know that. There are churches that are afraid to touch it. They don't want to talk about it. Church of the Cross United Methodist has spent time, resources, dealing with the issue, trying for us to understand what it is. My friends, who is your neighbor? What's the question? A Gallup survey discovered that only 10% of American church members are active in any kind of personal ministry. Only 10%. And 50% of all church members have no interest in serving in any ministry of the church. In other words, 50% of the church is saying loudly and clearly, we just don't want to get involved. Oh, I pray for the day when 85% or 100% of us are involved in meeting the needs of our neighbors. Stewardship is not only equals community. Stewardship also equals compassion. Compassion. Because the narrative of the Good Samaritan says, when he saw him, he was moved with compassion. Compassion, in other words, begins with eyes that see. When he saw him, he was moved with compassion. Compassion begins with eyes that see. The priest, the Levite, and the Samaritan all traveled the same road. Only the Samaritan was able to see. Do you see the needs around you? It needs a hug. It might just be somebody who needs a card. It might just be somebody who needs your presence just to be there. You don't say anything. You don't give anything. You are just there. And so Jesus says to us this morning, go. 
and do likewise. I may have to preach this sermon again when I have more time because I've only given you 40%. But we need to go and do likewise. Amen? God be with you.